0: What's up everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming BitCast. This is episode 85 and we have had one hell of a week of gaming news, probably the most since E3, and so we're going to be talking about all of it. Yes, the Xbox Series X, our Game Awards predictions, Hellblade 2, Ghost of Onimusha, Final Fantasy 7, and everything that happened this week. So, We'll get to it, We've got a little bit of a different format for you today, Dan. Uh, we have a snowstorm here in Kansas City and Dan is also sick, so he wasn't able to make it. We were also supposed to have a special guest we were gonna surprise you with today and he's unable to make it. So, you're gonna get the old school BitCast format with Bert and I uh, doing this in a duo session. So, Bert, feeling good, you ready? Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling good. Let's do it. No
1: snowstorm here. Nice and sunny south of the border.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So first, we're going to kick off. We said we would do this last week. We got Game Awards recap. We did our predictions last week. Uh, Three of us were actually watching live together and kind of chatting on it. And I am pleased to announce, or no, I'm sad to announce, (laughs) that Bert is the winner. He got 10 of his predictions correct. He beat Dan by one point. Dan came in at nine, and I came in at a number lower than those two. We're not going to talk about it. Um, So Dan and I will be donating to my Extra Life Fund, but uh, that was fun. Congrats, Bert. And uh, so we can touch on that real quick. Uh, Before we get to the obvious news, you know, Xbox Series X and all the other big things that happened this week... What did you think of the Game Awards?
1: Yeah, I thought they were fun. Um, as as we see every single year, they improve little by little. Um, the production value goes up. There's you know new guests. There's new sponsors. Everything looks good. I was, I had issues with the pacing. Um, it was very front loaded in my opinion. It started out really really strong, huge announcements. Then there was just massive lag, and then I think people were falling asleep and dozing off by the time the game of the year award was finally announced. But
0: overall, it's be me.
1: yeah. I think all of us were. It just got quiet <laughs> over over chat. But um, yeah, I think it's it's gotten better. But uh, hopefully they. Take take some feedback that they got this year and improve it next year
0: yeah and I know we talked about it I think um, sadly the awards were almost overshadowed um, it's like they tried to focus on announcements and focus on other little things um, and they were just throwing awards here and there which is a shame because the whole thing was to celebrate the developers and studios that bring these games to us so um, anyway all right so uh, let's back up let's start let's uh, yeah we might as well right it's the biggest news of the week we're just going to get to it so Xbox Series X, the biggest surprise reveal at the Game Awards. Um, I think kind of the whole industry was blown away. Uh, Certainly unexpected. And um, I'll start with my... Let's start with our thoughts on the reveal itself and the trailer. So the trailer, uh, I was really intrigued by. I really like... um, When they do the you know I love the voiceover of the trailer I love the kind of thought provoking concepts it was having and then as soon as obviously for me master chief jumped in I kind of sat to attention and I was like what is happening right now. Um, And then as soon as you saw the box it's like oh my God they actually are doing this right now so. Um, I thought the reveal was good. I think what it does is actually sets a precedent to get Microsoft in the conversation early for next gen. If you recall, uh, a lot of people may have forgotten by now, but when PlayStation 4 and Xbox One launched, PlayStation 4 did their reveal event in February of 2013. And it wasn't until May that we got the Xbox One reveal event. And it's the famous reveal event that uh, didn't go over too well. and so you know playstation 4 was kind of already cemented in people's minds at that point so i think what they were going for here microsoft is to get the conversation going now and for them to be at the forefront of the conversation
1: yeah i I completely agree and i had a similar um response when i was watching it i actually thought it was bioshock at first because yes uh, (laughs) i remember yeah so like jeff keely goes like and sometimes some secrets stay and then sometimes this happens and then the the camera was panning over the water and then it goes underwater, and I was like, oh shit, they're yep. going back to Rapture. And then all of a sudden, Chief popped out exactly like you said, and I was like, wait a minute, what is this? And freaked out. And we'll talk about Hellblade in a second, but when Hellblade came yep. out, my jaw hit the ground. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, stick it on Series X before we get to Hellblade, because um, I know we want to talk about that. Uh, so, the thoughts on the design uh, a lot of conversation, obviously, very different looking from our traditional consoles that we've known over the years. And so, um, I know for me personally, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, okay, it's like a, a compact tower PC. Um, and then over the past few days, as I've kind of thought about it more, look, obviously a lot of discussion, pictures, what have you, I've come to really like it. Um, it's industrial, it's very purposeful and minimalist. Uh, and if you look at the size of it and look at the design of it, it's um, it's really meant to kind of echo that was that pun wasn't even intended, but <laughs> me- meant to uh, you know kind of echo what um, home assistant devices and things of that nature that are just kind of sitting there in your home, um, and so you picture this on a shelf or sitting next to a TV and it's just a it's just a black box, um, you know it doesn't look like a kid's game console anymore. The conversation has gotten more mature about games, and I think the design reflects that. So. Um, I really like it I think it's going to be an incredible uh, piece of you know hardware just like the Xbox one X is the Microsoft um, hardware team that's done the surfaces and everything over the past few years it has to be top you know they're top tier they're right up there with Apple some of the best hardware in the world so um, you know, I'm really excited about it. I really like it. I uh, can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, I didn't really have a
1: positive or negative reaction towards the design of it when it first came out. I was like, wow, that's different. Um, and then I've started seeing all the renders of like the sizing compared to the X and the PlayStation 4 Pro. And it looks like it's roughly two and a half uh, Xs stacked on top of each other, but about the same length. Um, and that's fine with me. The weird thing that I've seen is people complain that it's not going to fit in their entertainment center. And I'm like, well... Every single time a new console comes out, you have to rearrange your entertainment center for something to change somewhere. So I'm sure we'll find different ways for people to set it up and and (coughs) throw it in their console centers and all that thing. But it looks fine with me. I'm totally fine with the design. I was happy to see that there was a disk drive on the front. I'm so, so, uh, I guess, scared that eventually we're going to move to no disk drives. And I've seen... (laughs) too many situations where people did not have internet and they couldn't get to their digital content for whatever the thing is so um, I'm happy with the design completely that the controller looks very similar to the existing controllers there's a slightly different d-pad the triggers have the textured grip that um, the current I guess uh, pro controller has and also some other ones um, and then also the bumpers look slightly different in design and then also you have the the capture button so they've stuck with the great design that they already have so I like it quite a bit
0: Yeah. Yeah, and all they've really said about the size is it's very slightly smaller. They actually came out and said that the the current Xbox One controller is uh, ergonomic for ninety five percent of people. I don't know where that percentage is coming from, but that this new model is ergonomic for ninety eight percent of people. So whatever that means, take it as you will. Um, you know, I, I don't really care too much about it because I'm going to be using my Siri, Elite Series Two anyway. Um, but you know hopefully there's they're, they're good at just fine tuning that controller. They've done it over the course of the generation so I expect it to be nice. Yeah, it's interesting
1: um, it's interesting the naming convention there too. So Elite Series 2 and then here we have Xbox, you know, exactly. Series 2. So that's going to probably be the series is going to be that the naming convention is going forward.
0: Yeah, and it gives them a lot of room for growth. In fact, you know, a bunch of us were guessing what the Xbox is going to be called, and none of us even put two and two together that they already started it with the Elite Controller, with the series, and it gives them room to grow, right? So you have a Series X, you can have a Series S, maybe the Lockhart is current rumor now, and it gives them room to go in the future. They've just got to get over the hump of people, you know, still having Xbox 1 in their minds, which will take a little time, but I think they'll be fine. It's obviously, as usual, getting blown out of proportion, I think, on the confusion of the name. You know, someone posted the other day it's like, uh, "How many 3DS models did we have?" Um, and that sold 100 and what, 80 million units or something. I think we'll be okay. Um Yeah, so uh, not a whole lot more details on the actual uh, chipset power, etc. They did confirm uh, there's been some discussions. GameSpot had some exclusive details ready to go after the launch. So they have a few articles up. Um, It it pretty much confirms everything we essentially knew or have speculated for the most part uh, for months now, which is a 12 teraflop GPU uh, and next gen RDNA architecture. Uh, which separates itself from RDNA 1, which is what the PS5 is rumored to be. We don't know yet, of course. They did say that uh, the design is, uh, as we said, industrial, and you have that concave vent on the top, so presumably there's going to be vents on the back, vents on the top, uh, because it can lay horizontal as well. They said, which this is shocking to me, is quieter than the X1X, so... Um, I know we both own the Gears 5X1X, brand new. I mean, it's silent. Like, I never hear that thing do anything. Um, So this uh, this is interesting. And one of the coolest things I've heard this week, which they confirmed, is that it can run and pause multiple games simultaneously. So you could be playing, you know, single player, and I jump on, play some multiplayer with you. We jump over, do it, sign off, jump right back to single player without even a hiccup.
1: Yeah, this kind of harkens back to a conversation we had a while ago as to what we would like to see from newer consoles, and I always bring out like the disk changer ability with games, where like <laughs> right. it'd be nice to throw five games into your disk drive and then be able to move in between them without losing progress or anything. And now we have it from a digital perspective, obviously, but this is also cool from an xCloud perspective. So you can be playing uh, something first player in your TV, then you hit the road for whatever the case is, then you could still log into there um, and connect to your console xCloud-wise and play a completely different game, come back home and still pick up where you left off off with that single-player perspective that you had going on before you left the house. So very cool. Um, to the conversation about the hardware stuff, to, to your point, I mean, it, it's a powerhouse right now. It's yeah. pretty pretty strong to probably think that PlayStation 5 is going to be somewhere near that. I think where Xbox may have the edge here is the features that you can do with the actual console compared to what PlayStation will do, but still very, very early on, and we have yet to see anything, and still a lot of speculation from both consoles. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and they did confirm some additional details. You can find it on our site, actually. We have an article up on it, but they confirmed some things like uh, they have a patented variable shader technology they're going to be using. Um, Obviously, DX12 is going to play a big part of this. I'm not the overly technical guy. I understand it at a base level, but uh, very, very impressive. So go ahead and check out our site if you want to see more details on that. But what we did see, uh, and I think you're talking to two of the people who are completely blown away by this, is um, Hellblade 2. And so Phil came on stage talked about Xbox Series X and then said we're gonna give you a preview of something that is running in in in-engine which we always joke about right in in engine but real-time which is a good clarification there so real-time in engine on the Series X by Ninja Theory it's early yet in production but Hellblade 2 is coming and I gotta say Bert this trailer is like has haunted me like I've watched it several times I've showed my family Um, I've thought about it throughout my day, multiple times since uh, it debuted. It's probably one of the coolest announcement trailers I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it's up there for me, if not number one, some of the other ones, and that's including E3s from Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Um, First of all, Hellblade is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, It's probably up there in my top five of this generation, and I thought the story was done with Senua. Um, And so when this came out and I saw Sanua, um, I literally dropped the controller I had in my hand that I was using to, you know, control things, and um, I was just tuned in. I, I am the same way. I've seen it about four or five times now. I've even gone to listen to the music that was in the trailer from the band that is partnering right. with Ninja Theory, um, and it, it's just awesome. Some of the stuff, and when you get into the technical aspect of what's going on on screen, just the facial, the shadows, the, uh, the, the skin textures and stuff that you're seeing on Sunua and the other people walking around is incredible.
0: Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, especially if you haven't yet, and you watch this during the Game Awards, you watch it on your phone or something. If you have a 4K TV, like an OLED or something at home, watch it on the big screen uh, with the sound up. It is absolutely stunning. Um, yeah, there's there's no other way to describe it. So super super excited for this. One other comment real quick, uh, which people have picked up on, is if you look in the lower right, there's three dots uh, about Ninja Theory, and it's supposedly related to the projects that Ninja Theory has in the works. So we know, obviously, there's Bleeding Edge. We know that uh, now we know that there's Hellblade 2, but they're supposedly working on a third game as well. So Ninja Theory, you know, great studio, putting out some quality content, and uh, they're growing as well. So, I mean, it's probably only the beginning for them, which is exciting to think about.
1: Yeah, one other funny thing is uh, Hellblade, when it initially came out on the Pro and then came to the X, is not exactly a slouch graphically. So no, when, you, it's when you when you compare them to one another and you just look at the facial animations between Senua and current Hellblade and Hellblade 2, it is a generational leap that we've been looking mm-hmm. for in gaming for a while. So can't wait for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, you know, I know we both did, but Platinum platinumed it on the ps4 mm-hmm. um i haven't played it again I, i'm honestly thinking about going to the xbox and just you know playing yep. through it again on the xbox
1: i did that and i got a thousand there too so <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a problem Man.
0: So, uh, you know, other stuff at the Game Awards that was notable. I know one of the other really big ones was Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, We got a four and a half minute trailer. You know, it was teased in State of Play earlier in the week, and we'll get to some of the State of Play stuff. Um, But it was teased earlier in the week there, but we got the full four and a half minute at the Game Awards. Looks really good. Again, it was the only, my only disappointment was the lack of true gameplay. Uh, They did announce the games coming in summer of 2020, so it's only about six, seven months away at best. Um, And uh, it looks gorgeous. You know, gorgeous environments, a lot of uh, variation in the environments. Really liked what they're setting up here with this game. I hope Sucker Punch can deliver, Um, but I'm super excited about it.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of faith in Sucker Punch here. Um, I think it's going to look good. There was a couple times in the trailer where you could tell that it went away from the CGI trailers that we've been seeing into what's potentially some gameplay, and I think that's what they claim is their gameplay. There is a yep. graph. There's definitely a graphical difference there, and you can see it. So, we um, saw it, remember, in real time. Yeah. When it,
0: you could see it transition. You're like, oh, they, this is gameplay here.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah,
0: so it definitely looks beautiful. I
1: mean, it's going to be, I think, one of the, I guess it is the final big game from the PlayStation 4 lifecycle um, yep. that is going to be big before playstation 5 comes out i hope it's good from a gameplay story perspective and so um i'm just fingers crossed that it's not like Sekiro where it's like overly hard um, and i can actually play through it and see everything but it looks gorgeous it's definitely something uh, for playstation 5 owners to look forward to this summer
0: playstation 5 you meant owners? oh playstation 4 <laughs> yeah. if you're getting one yeah. this summer let me know because i'd love one early <laughs> as well got that dev um, kit Yep. yeah <laughs> Uh, So, speaking of PlayStation 5, funny enough, we did get a trailer for a game for the PS5 uh, at the Game Awards called Godfall, and this looked uh, very action-oriented. It almost reminded me of a Platinum game, that Babylon's Fall game we saw another week, which we'll touch on, Um, but uh, said to be launching with the PS5 next holiday, uh, and developed in coordination. I don't know if they're the sole developer. I can't remember. If you you know, let me know. But uh, with Gearbox Studios, of all developers. So, This looks interesting, it's just, uh, you know, I don't know a lot about it, but it's just exciting to start seeing stuff with uh, Series X and PS5, uh, you know, logos, I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, I and mean, that was kind of a weird thing for me. I was expecting something maybe very first party-ish, maybe a famous mascot or something that they would have that they could tease for it, and so they went with Godfall. A lot of people are excited for Godfall. I didn't see anything outside of the you know the beautiful CGI that was shown there that really made me go, wow, I can't wait for the PlayStation 5 now. I didn't feel that when I was watching that the same way I felt with the Series X and with um, Hellblade. So yeah. I think I think it was cool to see that tease, and it definitely looks pretty. The, the weather uh, elements that were showing through the actual trailer are cool reflections were cool but they're still it's just a teaser there's nothing else you can do that you can do that with like an animation studio today and see something cool but it's something that definitely gets people talking it gets people interested and definitely the playstation 5 um, audience something to be excited for as well so it, it's there that's all i can say about it
0: yeah yeah and, and it's really going to be interesting at this point now to, to see how sony responds Yep. Um, you know, are they going to go with a February type event again? I have to assume they are. There's there's no way I can foresee uh, Sony just letting Microsoft have the conversation all the way to E3. Right. Um, they just, they can't do that. I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they're the leader. They've got the mind share already, but they don't want to do that is probably the better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, going to be I'd, interesting. I'd
1: expect something from a state of play in 2020, you know, the first or second one in 2020 to see something from the PlayStation 5 whether there be another game or maybe the way the console looks the same way the Series X came out, but
0: it's got to be something. Yeah, maybe like a dedicated 30-minute show or something. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay. Alright, so uh, a ton more to talk about here. So this is going to be, the rest is going to be a whole bunch of games. This is going to be a mix of Game Awards stuff, State of Play stuff, and there was also a Nintendo Switch Indies event, which really didn't show a whole lot, but uh, we did get one big announcement from it. So we're just going to go through a whole bunch of these random big announcements and uh, chat through them. So the other big one that, uh, you know, we've talked about extensively, I'm not big on, but the world is big on it, is Final Fantasy VII Remake. We got another uh, longer trailer for it at the Game Awards. People were blown away, super excited for it. Um, And then we also, due to that, we got the official box art for the title. And on the box, uh, it confirmed the exclusivity on the PS4 is a one-year deal. So the exclusivity ends on March 3rd of 2020. Now, they haven't said what other platforms it's coming to. We don't know if that's just PC or Xbox. Um, I would assume PC and Xbox, but... uh, we don't know at this point so your thoughts on final fantasy 7 remake and the you know the additional stuff we saw a couple days ago
1: yeah so really quick is it march 3rd 2021 or 2020
0: Oh, 2021. I'm sorry, thank you. Yeah, I'm only
1: asking because I didn't know if they had some weird thing there. But um, the one thing that I've seen um, from Final Fantasy VII that is just weird is that all their trailers are very, very similar. Um, They have maybe a couple extra cut-in scenes, maybe a little addition of combat somewhere. But they're all similar. They're in the first few stages of the game. If you've played Final Fantasy VII back in there, you recognize a lot of the characters, what's going on with the world and all that stuff. So there's really nothing new that keeps getting shown on this outside of dates exclusivity agreements stuff like that that excites me i'm picking it up on day one just because i'm a big final fantasy 7 fan i know Ains is not as much it's not my favorite final fantasy uh game some of the older ones are better and actually it would be cooler to see some of the old ones oh, in new and newer engines and with that I kind of love stuff see
0: two and three.
1: Oh man yeah and some people haven't even played that before so um uh, for shame which is cool if they were to do those remakes, kind of like the way Capcom's in with their games. But I just don't yeah. see that happening anytime soon. Um, and I think Final Fantasy VII, with the development cycle it has had, I don't see some of the old ones getting remade either. Um, but I'm excited for it. It's still a ways away. 2020 is shaping up to be probably one of the best game uh, years in gaming in a very long time. And we've had some really good years in gaming recently. So I can't wait for this year coming up.
0: Yeah, I'm um, I'm actually kind of surprised. Not surprised. I'm looking forward to 2020 in a way that I don't think I have in a number of years. Um, I was talking with someone the other day and saying, you know, 2020 may be the year that finally tops 2007. You remember we had that 2007-2017 yep. debate of a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and we all agreed, I think, that 2007 was still the king um, for a number of reasons. But, I mean, if you think of, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan, but I know the industry is, like we said, Final Fantasy VII, you got Cyberpunk, you have Last of Us 2, you have uh, Halo Infinite, you may have Breath of the Wild too um it's just gonna be a monster next year so plus two new consoles (laughs) yep it's gonna be great gosh gonna be crazy so uh game of the year winner we were all wrong on this um i don't think many predicted this one um but i in a way i'm almost kind of happy in the sense of this was a critically acclaimed game and we were talking before around why are there so many games that aren't critically acclaimed up here on the game of the year list Um, so one of the ones that was critically acclaimed won and that's Sekiro so uh, congrats to From Software Um, like I said I don't personally agree with it Um, but you know good for them Um, and I hope that they take learnings from that game and make Elden Ring you know as good as it can be
1: yeah I'm I think I mentioned earlier in the week that Secure was getting some weird Steam online the week before. It was, yeah. A lot um, of so, conversation about it. Yeah, and so before that, it was uh, Control, and before that was Death Stranding. And so I think around the times we were picking, we were picking those games because that's where the Steam was heading towards. Um, the problem I have with secure winning is not many people played it um, because it was just not approachable for so many people and that's fine a lot of games will win game of the war a game of the year award or even be nominated and a small segment of people have played it um, which is fine I, I I don't really know enough to be educated to say that it was a well designed, awesome game with great graphics, great gameplay, great level design, all that stuff, because I didn't get that far. I got about five hours into it and then I said, I just can't do this anymore. I don't have the patience. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people that just never bought the game because it's not for them, anyways. For the people that did get through it, I've heard very good things and I've heard very mixed opinions as well that it really hasn't evolved from the Dark Souls formula that this company has, you know, from software has really cemented themselves into. But,. It's good that it won. I don't know if for me if I would have picked that, but you know, it's I'm not in that uh that arena of voting, so I wouldn't have gotten my vote. But, congrats yeah, to them. Heard back yeah. from
0: Keeley. You know, hopefully soon. <laughs> That's what it probably is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. Um. Okay, so uh, we've talked about this, uh, you know, the rumors and the leak and everything, but now we know exactly what it is, so Resident Evil 3, there was so much gaming news this week, it feels like we already talked about this, but we didn't. This actually happened on Tuesday. So uh, Resident Evil 3 remake confirmed at, at state of play, as was rumored, uh, one of the rumors that was correct. Um, it is uh, coming on, oh, I didn't put the release date here in front of me, I want to say it's April something, isn't it?
1: It's fairly early in 2020, I'll look it up while you're chatting.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure it's in April. It uh, The Project Resistance multiplayer mode that's been talked about a few months ago is actually going to be the multiplayer mode within this title. So it's going to be Resident Evil 3 Remake and then Project Resistance all included as the 4v1 type multiplayer mode. Um, we haven't heard too much about it. Looks really good as we expected. Looks very similar to what you would expect out of, or what you saw out of Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, The only thing I have heard uh, as a discussion this week is that um, they may be putting Project Resistance in this title because the campaign in Resident Evil 3 is actually a lot shorter than Resident Evil 2. Um, Okay, and so, you know, I guess as a, a package deal... Uh, or for value to money, they feel that, you know, you get Resident Evil 3 Remake, and even though it's shorter, you get the multiplayer mode. So, uh, But, you know, seeing a lot of people loving this, there's a ton of Resident Evil fans out there like yourself, uh, and, and I am to a degree, just not for this title. But, um, you know, I think people are pumped about this.
1: Yeah, so confirmation on release date is April 3rd, 2020, so yeah, you're right in the same month, and uh, it is a shorter game than Resident Evil 2. The cool thing is is you do go back through a lot of the areas that were in Resident Evil 2 as well as the new areas, and so you have also the main villain here in Nemesis, and obviously the Umbrella Corporation, which is going to be neat, Um, and I guess there really has never been a Resident Evil multiplayer mode um in a standalone game there has been resident evil multiplayer games that have released that have not really been that good but in the you know actual story series there has not been one so this is going to be cool we have seen quite a bit from what the gameplay is going to look like in that multiplayer mode we'll see if it takes off i'm not really sure if that's something that you know resident evil fans will clamor to but it does look cool um i'm interested in it i'm also a day one person for this one so my spring i probably won't come out of my house (laughs) hey you've
0: got a lot going on Mm -hmm. um yeah, I don't know how the 4v1 thing's going to sit. I think, uh, to be fair, I think if any game series can pull it off, if this is well designed and plays well, there's going to be enough people playing Resident Evil because of buying RE3 to, to keep the population up in this mode. The problem with games like Evolve um, and other titles we saw in the 4v1 is that, you know, they were either new IPs or just not a big enough population to keep them going. So, um, you know, for Resident Evil can do it p- potentially. We got a full or excuse me a release date for the full release of dreams which is coming on february 14th so a couple updates here if you were one of the people who bought the early access creator edition a couple months ago for i want to say it was 40 dollars or 35 dollars, um, you're getting upgrade to the full release for free so there's nothing else to purchase there but if you uh you know you've been waiting for dreams like i said coming february 14th valentine's day here and um you know i think they're going to add some additional things in that full release as well uh this is a really really interesting title i think honestly one of the most interesting titles of the generation media molecule is very unique in what they develop here and there's been some truly incredible things already created in dreams so pretty exciting i actually do have the uh you know the pre-release of dreams on my ps4 so i'm waiting to see what happens with this full release and i'm hoping to just be able to try out some of these games that people have created. I just haven't spent a lot of time with it yet, but uh, I definitely want to here in the spring.
1: Yeah, there's been just epic stuff, like you were saying already, in the in the game. I'm not much of a creator in any game, <laughs> whether it be map creator or game creation. Didn't care for Super Mario Maker at all. Um, and this is one that I'm interested to see what people create and play their creations, but not much of a creator here, like I said. So cool to see it finally. I think, um, didn't the pre-alpha stuff happen last year around the same time, if I'm not mistaken? Um, So they've had a good
0: yeah. So there was like the early early access, and then they released the kind of the um, it's almost like a game preview edition of Dreams. That if you bought, you get upgraded for free. But that ended. They stopped selling that. I want to say like last month. So you had to get it. You had to get it before this gap between the full release.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, and I know you and Dan are both in that pre-release stuff. So um, I'm cool. I'm I'm excited to see the cool stuff people are doing. But um, that's about it for me on that one. (laughs) I don't don't have (laughs) anything else on that one.
0: Well, here's an interesting one uh, that we saw more of at State of Play is Predator Hunting Grounds. So we heard about this earlier in the year, didn't think too much about it. We got a full kind of gameplay trailer at uh, the State of Play, and uh, it definitely looked better than I expected it to. Um, but I got to admit, again, this is a—it uh, it feels like one of these 4v1-style games, and it's coming out on April 24th, which, if you're not keeping track, is the week after Cyberpunk. Um which means for me, as even if this game is really good, I'm not touching it anywhere near the release date. Um, but I don't know what your thoughts are here. I thought the, the gameplay looked decent, the Predators looked cool, but I just, in the middle of spring, as busy as 2020 is going to be, I, I don't see this grabbing a big population.
1: I'm kind of the same way. I mean, this is a big PlayStation commercial that they have in their last few state of plays. I'm not really sure that the 4v1 formula is something that's successful in gaming right now just in general you have to have a really healthy community and people that really know what they're playing in order to get good games out of this and i just don't see that happening now i still think your call of duties your battlefields your destinies i think that's where multiplayer currently is and um i think i think this may not do as well as people are expecting another thing that they made a big deal of at the trailer is now you have a female predator that you can play as i mean I've never even considered playing as a female Predator, <laughs> so I'm not sure why that's getting as much press. I, I look at the Predator simply as an alien and not really having a gender of any, anything, but um, it yeah, is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how to think about that, but uh, right. I hope it's good. If it's something that's interesting and people pick up and actually stick to, you know, I'll give it a try, but if it's another one of those games that's like Evolve or something like that, yeah, no thanks. I, I'll, I'll wait for the other stuff going on in April and be content with that
0: yeah it it occurred to me that this would be a perfect title for a ps version of game pass you know if we had a playstation game pass or if playstation now evolves into where kind of you know a and double a titles are launching into the service this would be a perfect title for that um so I hope uh, you know we've talked about it. I hope we get there in the PS5 generation to where uh, PS now gets there.
1: Yeah, or even just free to play. So I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what I'm, I doubt it's going to be free to play, but it'd be something that would be interesting to have free to play and then have the microtransactions pay for the game itself. But yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, so uh, one of the more interesting uh, games out of State of Play was Babylon Fall. So we heard about this one a few months ago, but we got a little more gameplay this time. And this is the one that's from a combination of Square Enix and Platinum games. So it's an action RPG and, uh, you know, looked very... uh, (laughs) platinum-ish a lot of action fast moving you know a lot of crazy attacks and combos and whatnot but it looks pretty good and i definitely see if this is uh you know obviously well developed by two major studios here this could uh definitely turn out to be a big a big hit i mean we saw devil may cry 5 this year be one of the highest rated games of the year we talked about that at one best action game as well um this looks to be you know one of those games in that devil may cry slash uh, bayonetta formula
1: yeah, kind of your button masher, <laughs> I guess yeah, you call it. Yeah. Uh, it looked really cool. I think it kind of snuck by a lot of people just because they were excited about you know, Ghost of Tsushima. And also you have the uh, Resident Evil news that came out. I think a lot of people just brushed by it. But I think it looks very interesting. Anything in Platinum these days gets a bit of press when it releases and people are super excited yeah. about it. And you add Square to that, maybe you have good storytelling with Platinum gameplay, which is something that people would love to see. So I can't wait for it to come out. I can't wait to try it. I'm a big Platinum fan. I think I've played most of their games. Um, and this is when I am excited for so bring it on
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's a good point actually because i'm usually not as into those just straight action games but if it's got like rpg mechanics and a a well-written story behind it due to square then uh, you may pull me in so looking forward to seeing more of that i don't think they mentioned any kind of release for that if they did i'm forgetting it um but uh yeah hopefully we'll see more soon um, so going over to the switch, the switch actually kind of had a light week in terms of news. We didn't, we saw Reggie come out at the game awards, you know, we saw a couple things with smash, smash one, you know, best fighting game as we expected it would. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot new. They did have a indies a Nintendo indie showcase earlier in the week, which I expected a little more out of. Um, but there was one big announcement I wanted to talk about, and that is Axiom Verge 2 is coming for the switch. So Axiom Verge has actually been out for a few years now. started on PC, kind of came over to the switch and other platforms. Um, but it it kind of um, hit that nostalgia factor for a lot of people with Metroid, you know style gameplay. very reminiscent of Metroid 1 and Super Metroid. Uh, in terms of gameplay and metroidvania concepts and just that gameplay so i mean people love those games growing up and axiom verge developed a pretty big fan base because of it so cool to see axiom verge 2 coming um i don't know if uh you know it'll obviously end up on other platforms in the future but this was the one at the uh nindies as they call them (laughs) that uh really jumped out for a lot of people that they got excited about yeah dropped
1: out or popped out for me too and did um was it limited run games that did an axiom verge special edition
0: C- yeah, yeah. Um, they, they did. Uh, Axiom Verge was also released as a hard copy on the Switch yeah. like just by Nintendo, which I have. I have it. Yep.
1: So they did a really cool thing, and um, I have never played it. Um, I've seen it played um, just from demos and on YouTube a few times, and it looks really, really cool. So the fact that they're working on the second one um, has me excited. I might give it a try, and I might even go back and play the other one now that I think about it. Um, but it's very colorful. looks like a lot of fun. I think the gameplay is super tight from what I've heard from people playing. Um, And so I'm excited for it. I think it's cool to have it on the Nintendies. Um, Nintendies, (laughs) Nindies. Nindies. Nintendies. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) But Um, it it looks fun.
0: Yeah, it definitely looks a little more uh, broad than the first one. The first one is definitely like Metroid 1 in the sense that it's very dark, very kind of contained. So it looks like they're going to try and expand that a little bit with two, which is cool. So, yeah, look forward to it. So uh, this was one of the um, best pieces of news I heard this week that went kind of by the wayside because it wasn't in any official press release. It was just talked about on the Obsidian forums. And that is that Outer Worlds, uh, one of the best games of the year for many people, um, is getting expansion, story-based expansion next year in 2020. So this was a conversation um, after the Game Awards. A uh, developer or one of the leaders at Obsidian actually posts on the official Obsidian forums and thanked their fans for all the support Outer Worlds got and, you know, for the votes and everything else. And then they just made a random comment that says, you know, stay tuned because we've got more story content coming in 2020. So, um, you know, we reported this on our site to get the word out, but uh, super, super excited for this. I, I wasn't expecting it because the Outer Worlds was really... Um, a very good story and it's set up for expansion in the future but i didn't think they were going to do any side stories for the first game so uh can't wait for this
1: yeah and i love this kind of stuff if you look back at fallout 3 and fallout new vegas the DLC that came along with that was very entertaining, a lot of fun to go back to and play. So um, this is the type of DLC that I love uh, a ton of. I know we see DLC for multiplayer games, new maps, you know, new characters that you can play as, but not something that you can go back to the story and or something that gives new stories to the story that you've already played. So super excited for this. Can't wait to play it
0: yeah and given given all the narrative variations and everything we've talked about without a world's um gonna be really interesting and the characters interesting to see what direction they go with it are they going to base it around one of the side characters like Pavardi or something or are they going to introduce a new character or you know what are they going to do so kind of exciting to see what they're what they're going to be up to there
1: i'm hoping for some dlc for the bot that you can have on your team the, the, yeah actually <laughs>
0: maybe the history of it give it a personality <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty flat which is a shame yeah. because in games like uh you know mass effect and other games we've had some really interesting kind of like uh cyborgs or ais you know whereas that's what i thought sam was going to be i think it's called sam right in outer worlds i think so um yeah, yeah and it, should, it just kind of came off kind of flat yeah a little but. stiff yeah <laughs> uh so this uh, again broke this week uh very interesting news here uh is that mlb the show The game that is developed by Sony San Diego and exclusive to the PlayStation um, consoles for years now is going multi-platform. So Sony had to renew the contract with uh, Major League Baseball. And we don't know all the details here, but uh, presumably there was a conversation around, you know, getting this to more people. Uh, If you think of all the other sports out there, basketball, football, etc., they're all on every console. Baseball is not and so while uh sony san diego this is going to be still developed first party by sony um both it's presumed to be coming to the switch and the xbox in 20 as early as 2021 so immediately after this press release it was kind of funny because both nintendo of america and the xbox official accounts on twitter posted baseball kind of themes um and so uh it they didn't officially announce that it's coming to the switch and xbox platform but you can kind of presume that so for me this is good news you know i I don't really play this a lot i i actually do like baseball games um and i have the show 19 on my ps4 thanks to uh ps plus a couple months ago but um this is just good in general i mean it'll get the game to more people um it's it seems kind of right to have the sports games on all platforms
1: Yeah, I've actually, funny enough, I started playing it um, this past week, so just because um, I was looking for a sports game to play, and I gave it it a try, and I'm on the road to the show, which is, I guess, where you start out as a college player, and you move into AAA, and then you move into the major leagues, and it's fantastic. So, the fact that a lot of people haven't played it this generation, and I guess even last generation, um, on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox... um, are going to be able to play it now and switch owners it's going to be great because it's in my opinion one of the best sports games you can play from just a purist perspective so it's fantastic give it a try um even if you're on playstation and you just haven't played yet i'd say try it out if you're somewhat of a baseball fan there's a lot of fun to be had
0: yeah and you know me i'm not the biggest baseball fan but baseball games are fun um so yeah definitely give it a shot i was gonna actually ask you a question about it so on road to the show i know you create your player right and um as you said you kind of work your way up through as we've seen in a lot of sports games when you play a game are you only playing your character so you bat like once in the you know every um, nine so- and you only play your position in the field or how's it work
1: yeah so you have a choice that you can actually play through the whole game and see it simulated in front of you and then when it comes to you to do an action then it goes straight to you or you can put it on play next appearance so if there's a ball that's going to be hit to you as a shortstop second base first base whatever the case is and you'll play that Or if you're the pitcher, you play every single pitch that you're in. So it depends on your position. Um, And then when it comes to offense on the batting side, you only play when it comes to your time to hit up a bat. So Hmm. um, it's pretty cool. It's actually a lot of fun. Um, And you can play through like four or five games over like a 45-minute window because you're only playing your position at that point. So that's
0: exactly why I was asking um, for that reason because it's like, you know, I don't want to sit there and just watch eight AI batters (laughs) take their turn, you know. Um, don't have that kind of time. Um, but no, that's interesting. So knowing that, I may actually jump in. I do have it loaded up, um, and I thought about starting up, but I was worried about that because I didn't want to spend that much time on it. Cool. All right. Uh, one other piece of uh, kind of interesting things, uh, news Excuse me, that came out yesterday was that Undead Labs, so creators of State of Decay and State of Decay 2, they uh, have been expanding since this whole Xbox Game Studios expansion and reinvestment, if you will, Uh, They're opening a second studio in New Orleans, of all places. So when you think about uh, game development studios, you have kind of some major hubs. Obviously, L.A., Bay Area are kind of the biggest. You've got some in Chicago, some in Austin, kind of major hubs around the country. Um, But they're opening in New Orleans, and they're partnering up uh, with a game development academy there to basically bring new talent up into game development. So younger creators... Younger people aspiring to get into game development, get into the industry, and uh, the head of Undead Labs um, is going to be doing. That. I believe his name's Jeff Strain. I don't have it in front of me, but um, <clears throat> he's heading that up. So great to see. State of Decay is a really good franchise, as we've talked about many times. State of Decay, really good game, just needs more polish. And we think with, uh, you know, Xbox Game Studios, the funding there, the expansion, um, hopefully they'll do great things in the future there. So this is good. Love to hear about new people getting into the industry, new development talent, new ideas. Um, All good news here.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, exactly what you just said about it just needs more polish. State of Decay 2 was one of my favorite games in the past few years. It's just so rough in some areas. (laughs) And I know... I know we tried to play three-player, and I got booted. Uh, some one, was it a door that wouldn't shut on a truck? Yeah. It just kept flapping, and then I, it's just weird stuff that you would think would be fixed by now. But I think with the way um, Microsoft is putting more funding into their studios, I think we're going to get a true AAA experience with the next State of Decay, um, and I'm really excited to see that because I think there's some really fun experiences that you can have in that game, and even more if you're playing multiplayer, so... I like it. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say on it, but it, it seems cool, and I'd like to see what comes from this type of studio um, take.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. So that I think, gosh, that's a lot that has happened this week. Like I said, it's probably the most kind of just straight-up new announcements and things we've had in a week since E3. Um, I think for me, I was going to ask you, Bert, what your favorite part of the week is. I think for me, it's hard to say anything but Series X and Hellblade 2. Um, I just that That completely dominated the week for me.
1: That's it for me too. I mean, set of play was cool. I would, we, I one thing that is um interesting is the rumor mill as we always talk about so the rumors about yes. resident evil 3 did come true i was excited about that from state of play but then there were some rumors that were obviously stupid rumors that didn't make it to the game awards like breath of the wild 2 trailer that we didn't see the new batman court of the owls that has been ru- rumored forever we didn't see the bioshock thing that was rumored forever so it's just i'm over the rumors i've been over the rumors for a while that's when the wet blanket comes on and i'm just like let me just see what comes <laughs> on at this but uh yeah series uh Xbox, and then um the fact that we saw some hellblade and she's still alive and well in the industry is is fantastic for me so what a week what a week
0: yeah yeah and it's funny you know we didn't even really talk about it but we can comment on it is uh, 2k did announce as well a new studio that's going to be dedicated to uh bringing bioshock back so uh they did say you know um they said it it, over the course of the next several years then jason schreier came out and said that it's already been in development as far as he knows for a couple years so not really sure what that means. Uh, obviously, we're not getting it in 2020. I would say that's probably safe to say, which means this is probably definitely going to be a next generation title. So just thinking about a new Bioshock on Series X and PS5 uh, has me a little eggplant
1: <laughs> Eggplant times two. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just—it's. I
0: mean, we've, we were kind of
1: just daydreaming of what a, a Bioshock would look like on the Pro or the X or just a really nice PC today. The fact that it's going to be on next-gen consoles is even more crazy. So, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. I just hope they nail the story. I think as Dan's talked about, Ken Levine is not involved, and he's kind of the leader who did, you know, Bioshock, One and Infinite. So um, hopefully, they've got the right people to pull that together. And yeah, the and Batman, man, what is going on with that? Are we? It's like every time there's a show, we hear we're going to see this Batman game, and we never see it. Um, exactly. I don't know what's going on with it.
1: Yeah, something else that they teased um, during, I guess, the the reel of the start of the uh, Game Awards is they showed some more Avengers footage that they didn't actually end up showing in the Game Awards. So you saw Hulk fighting Abomination and Captain America fighting a couple other people that has not been teased before. So from a comic perspective, also, where is the Justice League game we've been hearing from Rocksteady forever? I mean, show us a teaser, maybe just the name of the game, you know, just showing up right in front of the screen or something. But I guess there's a lot of things we have to look forward to for E3. So uh, I don't know. It's, just it's
0: weird. Kinda, it is weird because even the Arkham Origins voice actor, who's rumored to be in this Batman game, posted on Twitter he was teasing that we were going to see something last week, and yet we didn't see anything. So uh, you have to wonder. that if that's the case, maybe there was a change. You know, maybe they pulled mm-hmm. it or something. I don't know. Maybe that's why well, we yeah.
1: saw so many stupid Magic the Gathering trailers because they had to put those <laughs> in place of the other ones. So
0: <laughs> I don't oh, know. you just reminded me. We didn't talk about Magic, and we
1: didn't talk about Stadia. Or League of Legends. God damn it. Got sick and tired of seeing League of Legends Magic the Gathering content. I don't wanna see that, but you know. <laughs> I <laughs> It's funny, because uh, we had talked later in the week of, like, the audience that was watching this was so divided all over the place, because if you were a Nintendo Switch fan, and you're there mainly to see stuff for Nintendo Switch, you only got stuff in the first 20 to 30 minutes, and then the rest of the awards, there was almost nothing for you. There was almost no premieres, there was no trailers, there was no awards that were really won after Bowser happened to be right next to Sydney Goodman when the award was being awarded, but, you know... And he there... was
0: just, like, glossed over. Yeah. The head President of Nintendo America was yeah. just like, yeah, thanks. Here's an award. Cool. Yeah.
1: But it was just weird. Um, I wonder if there was a lot of trailers that were left on the cutting room floor, just like we're not going to have time for you, or maybe we don't like the pace of the way this is going. I, I wonder what it was. But there was definitely something amiss with the awards, and I-, I feel like PC people were lost at times, PlayStation 4, Xbox people were lost at times, and man, if, it, if, if I wasn't that time of the night, I would have been asleep watching that, and if I wasn't chatting with you guys, it would have been an even harder time to get through the awards all the way through the end
0: yeah yeah it's definitely front-loaded as you said earlier so all right cool but great week uh super excited 2020 shaping up to be a monster monster year i can't wait we're already talking about our plans for e3 um so getting those prepped and ready to go uh here's a question for you you think playstation returns to e3 this year
1: They have to. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of E3 stuff there. If they don't, I have no idea what they're doing, Um, being that the PlayStation is this coming fall in 2020. So um, I think they have to. I think there'll be a pretty big presence of PlayStation, actually. If not, then I think... There's a lot more room for concern as to what they're planning on doing. If they're planning on maybe doing their own E3, kind of like the way Microsoft does, right outside of the Coliseum, that would be cool. It'd be cool to go to a PlayStation experience and an Xbox experience, and then if you want to get some Nintendo stuff, go to E3, and they pretty much have that whole whole hall anyways. Yeah. So, um, I think they have to. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't, but you know, I've been wrong about a lot in my life.
0: we're not just talking about gaming here folks no we're not (laughs) so um yeah no i agree i think they have to as well i think that uh if you if you kind of reflect actually when they announced they weren't going to be at this year's e3 2019 everyone was like what the hell's going on but looking at it now in hindsight what would they really have shown um last of us 2 they've 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 delayed now to May, right? So it really wasn't, wouldn't have been ready in June of this year to really show more than they had already shown. Ghost of Tsushima is obviously still well in development. We haven't even seen pure gameplay yet, uh, really, um, even at the end of the year. And we saw both of those titles in 2018. So, and Death Stranding released this year. So, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense they didn't really bother this year. They didn't need to. Um, but to your point, with PS5, um, you know, Ghost of Tsushima could release in maybe like July or August or next year in summer. So right after E3, they could get it pumped up for that. Um, it just seems like they have to be back.
1: Yeah, and we don't really even have an idea of what the official launch titles are going to be either. So um, nope. I think I think we'll see more of that. If I think of the PlayStation <laughs> 4 stage that was at E3 in 2018, it was mainly uh, Spider-Man. They had Destiny 2, which is cross-platform, um, and that was Call it. Of Duty. Uh, yeah, Call of Duty was there too. Um, and that was really it, uh, outside of, they had a big emphasis on VR that year. Yeah, so, um, VR's had a few things here and there, but nothing really took off on VR this past couple of years after that. So, I don't know, it would have been, I, I think it kind of was maybe a smart decision not to go, but to, I still remember people saying, PlayStation 1, E3, without even being there. <laughs> and I thought that was, <laughs> I was like, 2019 doesn't really show that for you guys, but, um, you know, the whole fanboy thing for either console is kind of silly at this point.
0: Yep. Alright, so, uh, why don't we talk about what we've been playing so i know you've been playing some different things you're you're kind of all over the place right now yeah. playing random stuff so let's hear about this amazing game um i think it's called shadow fall yeah you so i'll um, remind people what that even is
1: Yeah, so I'm in a weird place in gaming right now. I finished that stranding, and I usually when I finish a big game, I have to take a break from these big, long games. And so I'm playing shorter games and stuff that I neglected from the backlog from a long time ago. And this is going back to the start of the generation. So Killzone Shadowfall. So I did go back to it. Um, I I initially played about two hours of the uh, game when it first came out, and I was just not into it as much. I've never been a huge Killzone fan, but I do like Killzone Shadowfall quite a bit. I don't think it's the best shooter of all time. I don't think it should even be in the conversation of the best shooters of the generation. But if I was to write it on the scale from one to ten I think it's somewhere between a seven and maybe a seven and a half if that there's some good ideas that were put through that just weren't quite, you know, finished up very well. Uh, But it is a fun game. If you can find it for five to ten bucks, give it a try or just wait for it to play it on, you know, PlayStation Plus or something. I don't know. But it's it's worth playing just to get through. Um, Also, as I just mentioned a second ago, playing MLB The Show '19, uh, a lot of fun. I haven't really started a season with um, a specific team. I've been spending most of the time on road to the show. The problem I have with these games is you can get lost in them and play for hundreds of hours and just almost never do anything. Then I rather play other things, so I'm kind of shuffling that in and out when I need to switch. Um, I attempted Shinmu Remaster boy that game is rough um, that game is so rough I'm not sure how that remaster got away with releasing in 2019 and people not just ragging it to hell because it's uh, it's just new resolution that's it, um, there's nothing else so you're essentially playing a Dreamcast game from the early 2000s um, with today's controls um, sorry, without today's controls so you play that and it starts out and you're like oh this is going to be cool and the second you can control Rio it's kind of like what am I doing here how, did it, how were these controls okay back in the day And then lastly, I started this yesterday, um, is Crackdown 3. So I went back to Crackdown 3 to try it out. Um, I'm getting further in it now, and I'm forcing myself to get into it. I still think that game is pretty poor, and I think it's deserving of the reviews it got. And for people that claim that it was a 9 or a 10, you guys are high. (laughs) So that game is not a 9 or a 10. It's somewhere between a 6 or a 7. So... I'm getting through it, um, it's fun, it's mindless fun, but the game design and everything else that's attached to that game is just not there. So, And then, lastly, from a multiplayer perspective, enjoying Modern Warfare quite a bit still. So, a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anytime I see Killzone, it's funny, because I just remember going back way to like the PS2 announcement when Killzone 2 uh, kind of came out, and they were calling it the Halo Killer, and that just always makes me laugh, thinking about it. Um, Shenmue one. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about a game that's 20 years, literally 20 years old. Um, and attempted to be kind of, it was one of the first open world, do what you want type games. I mean, that's where Yu Suzuki wanted to go with it. And he laid a good foundation there, but you take away 20 years of polish in a video game and it could be, it can be tough. So um, I've been uh, I'm cursing Dan because he got me back into Red Dead on or he got me into Red Dead online and I've been playing that a lot uh, every single day um, for at least a little bit of time because you can just kind of jump in and you can just do a few things you can go hunt for a little bit you can go do a bounty you can go do this and it's just. Just escapism at its finest for a little bit of time here and there, and that world is just incredible. So that's been a lot of fun jumping back into. The expansion for it came out this week, the whole moonshining thing, I know I'm into it. They also have what kind of equates to a battle pass. It's very similar. It goes through March. Um, You buy it for a couple bucks, uh, but you get uh, 100 levels, and it gives you a whole bunch of stuff in the game. It's actually really well designed. Um, Funny enough, I think it's better designed from a battle pass perspective than some of the major games because you're getting frequently rewarded. I'm I've only played a couple hours since getting in. I'm already level like 15 in it, and I've gotten money and outfits and all kinds of stuff. So it's been uh, been really cool. Um, funny enough, I have a close friend here. Uh, who actually listens, so he'll know I'm talking about him, who is a big pinball fanatic uh, in real life. He has multiple pinball machines at his house, goes to the conventions, and so he's, uh, as I'm just a gamer at heart, he's kind of got me into that a little bit. So I've broken out Pinball FX3 and uh, bought some of the real machines on it, not the ones that uh, the FX development team makes, but the actual Williams machines from real life, and um, they play really well. Uh, on the video game it's not the same experience as real life it never will be Um, but it's fun to just sit on your couch with a controller and not worry about quarters or anything else you just sit there and you can just play and have a lot of fun and the way they do challenges in that game and achievements and unlocks and stuff and they give you the history of each machine um, it's really neat so if you've ever enjoyed pinball and you've checked out pinball fx make sure you check out some of the real licensed machines because they just play a whole lot better than the fake ones do Yeah, it's really neat. So, and then uh, just a lot of multiplayer. We had updates for Modern Warfare this week. We had an update for Gears this week. Uh, Jumped into Gears. I played Gears last night um, with Fu for like at least four hours, Um, at least. Um, And we just we had one of those nights where it went really well. You know, you can have those nights in Gears where you just leave pissed. You know that better than anyone. but last night was one of those where it went really well. We played a lot of the arcade mode. We tried the two v two. They have a mode in it now, like gunfight. It's like two v two with sh- small maps and nashers only. Um, played that. Played a bunch of King of the Hill. Unlocked a whole bunch of cool skins. And um, the update was really good. It, um, it it definitely kind of added some variety to the games. The new operation is cool. There's a lot of bet a lot better rewards. Uh, I was playing as Lizzie last night. Um, and she says all kinds of funny stuff when you're playing. So it's just a lot of characters. It's it's cool. Um, and, and the good news is I got my achievement for beating the campaign last night. <laughs>
1: it finally came through, huh? It finally came through <laughs> three months later. Yeah, I had, I had three that popped up, I guess, this past week. I was like, what the world? I finally got a credit. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it took the new update for my campaign achievement to finally go through. Um, yeah, so anyway. But, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Um, but that's about it guys so uh uh, funny going back to the whole uh, original bitcast format here Bert. with two of us um fantastic week for gamers all around i mean if you if you can leave after this week and be down on gaming or just be miserable then just find another hobby You, you need to do something else with your life because there's just so much to be excited about here
1: Couldn't agree more. Yeah, it was a crazy week. I mean, we can all give feedback as how the game awards were not the best, or they could always improve, or just some things are just not for everybody. But the stuff that's coming for us gamers is just nuts right now. So, you know, you got to be excited about something coming. (laughs) If you're not, then you know, go work on cars. You know, go work out, (laughs) do something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go to the library, take a nap. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and close this bad boy out. So that. We have uh, quite a few things on the site right now, actually. So if you're curious about Series X, we do have an article up with all the details on the controller and the console itself that are known. And I have updated that a couple times as information has come out. So you can check that out. Obviously, there's things on Hellblade and some of the stuff. There's a summary of State of Play, a whole bunch of the news that kind of came out this week on the site as well. Um, I also put up an article yesterday, I believe, yesterday, day before on the Xbox uh, lineup for 2020. So, you know, you think about Xbox Game Studios and what that future looks like um, with all of the work they're doing, but surprisingly, a lot of it, well, not a lot, but some of it's coming to fruition in 2020, and there's a surprisingly varied lineup coming to the Xbox in 2020 as well. Um, Whole bunch of good games there, and when you really look at it as a portfolio, it's really surprising. And so, uh, article up on that, if you just wanna kinda look through, check that out um Bert, anything you want to mention here before we uh, get out of here battle toads yo battle, battle toads. toads oh i'm there day one
1: <laughs> it actually looks like a lot of fun in that <laughs> and that scene at day 3 it looks like a lot of fun game but, pass uh, game pass yeah holiday is coming so hopefully everybody's having a good week i think this is most people's last week before the holiday that work in that you know office environment um yes. so have a good last week um power through so you can disconnect and have a great time during a holiday week um and get ready for the new year so 2020 going to be a big year for season gaming uh, we'll probably have i think weddings maybe one or two more bitcasts before the end of the year so um yeah expect yeah, yeah. a lot we'll of big things
0: our, we'll do our kind of um, we've got a couple funny episodes we're talking about so we're going to do our usual kind of reflection on 2019 right we'll talk about our favorite games what our game of the year was all that stuff um, but we also talked about doing something funny, like a Bah Humbug bitcast, where we just three of us just air our grievances with whatever we want to, just for the hell of it. I think that'll be funny. So
1: you should call it "Why You Mad?" Why you mad? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So. Probably me right, talking guys. the whole time. So, anyways, have a good week. <laughs> we'll call it the Web Poncho. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. As always, appreciate it. Subscribe, like, share with your friends, your mother, your dad, everybody, brothers, siblings. <laughs> we'll see you next week.